Hello and welcome to the Foxhole of Full Battle Rattle Podcast, the show that brings you the real-time, on-the-ground truth perspectives and latest information. I'm your host, Chief One Officer Taj Keeler. Now, let's log in on. Our guest today is Lieutenant Colonel Alex Young, the 166 Regional Support Group Deputy Commander. Today we're going to discuss what does it mean to empower leaders and his leadership philosophy. Welcome, sir. Thank you for joining us. So we're going to go ahead and transition into the leader empowerment. If you can inform the audience, so what is your perspective on leadership empowerment? So when we talk about empowering leaders, what we first want to make sure is that we've provided our subordinate leaders the tools to be able to do the job. And so what, from my perspective, that means is understanding the task and purpose, providing clear guidance, and then allowing our subordinate leaders to execute come up with a plan, execute, but always making sure that I am available for either further guidance or also to review their plan. Mm. So I just want to make sure I'm not letting them go to do whatever they need to do. But again, it is my responsibility for the final execution of it, but I don't want to have to micromanage every step of the way. Makes sense, sir. So would you say that it's actually a two-way street? There are requirements from the soldier to actually to engage, ask those questions, and most importantly, ask those questions that somebody else in the room definitely wants to know. How do we tackle that in regards to allowing leaders to feel comfortable to open up to be able to ask those questions? So again, we go back to us as leaders. We've been in those shoes to begin with. So we know what kind of questions the subordinate might not know to ask because we've been there. So again, as the leader, I can prompt them to ask the questions. I can prompt them, figure out what they need to do to accomplish the task. And again, a lot of that is through our military process anyways, we provide the overall mission and then we have the subordinate back brief us on what they think they need to do. And that's we always talk about communication and, and whenever we do military operations, at the end when we conduct our after action review, communication is the easiest one to say we're great at and say we're poor at. And that's because it's probably the number one thing we do that's going to determine in the long run mission success. So that's amazing. And I and I can agree with that. But the challenge of it, especially while we're doing the full battle out of podcast, is soldiers really don't get a chance to to hear that from you. They don't get a chance to hear that, hey, if I have a question, it'll get answered, that you won't be judged based off that question in order to provide the best product for the soldiers, better the mission. So this is awesome. So listening to you, sir, it's like you have a vast amount of experience. Could you tell us a little bit about your military experience? Yeah. So, I mean, it it really starts off that I'm an Army brat. I was born and raised in the Army tradition. And, you know, I'd like to say my, you know, my biggest idol is my dad and he's Colonel Retired Young and I got to experience how he was as a leader and then have him mentored me. So after high school, I went to West Point and I graduated in 2001 as an armor officer. And one of the reasons I went that route is I love tanks, but my dad is also an armor officer and I wanted to be a part of that heritage. And like I said, I have the the greatest respect and admiration of, of my dad. And so I wanted to make sure that, again, I, I kind of continued his legacy. 
So then after West Point, I was stationed at Fort Hood, Texas with the 1st Battalion, 8th Cavalry Regiment, and I was a tank platoon leader. I did that for 13 months, and I was able to begin developing my own leadership style. And to be honest, it's about who you're surrounded with. It's about your personality. I have always been a people person. I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room, but I feel like I bring a level of competency and I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. I love getting help. I hate individual projects, love group projects. So again, I think it, it stems from, from a lot of that. You know, as an army brat moving every three years, I had to learn how to make friends constantly. So I've always been about people and I mean, it's, we credit success to those around us and that, I mean, that is the absolute truth. So as a tank platoon leader, you know, I relied on my junior NCOs and senior NCOs to teach me how to be a good officer. And, and I had a fantastic platoon sergeant that I could communicate with and I didn't feel like we had this officer NCO tension that a lot of times, even when people in the army joke, there is a defined line of responsibility and sometimes that can create tension. So me having that great relationship with my, um, my platoon sergeant really started that. And then my second job is I was very fortunate to be the task force scout platoon leader um, following my tank platoon. And there's only one scout, pl scout platoon in the battalion. And I got that opportunity and it couldn't be you know, more humbling of an experience to now transition to something where my boss is the battalion commander. As a, as a first lieutenant, it's very intimidating, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's a challenge because you are responsible now for the entire battalion's reconnaissance strategy. So, again, I was very fortunate. And then, you know, this is a small world. Going back to being an Army brat, when I was 14, I was living in Germany and I did summer hire and I worked for this E5. Well, 10 years or eight years later, that E5 was my E7 platoon sergeant. Wow, what a small world. What a small world. <laughs> so again, it's about building relationships. And I was, you know, this little snot-nosed 14-year-old kid that this E5 had to deal with. And, you know, it's a, it's a relationship I have with him to this day. I mean, we're just... We're a family. That's the greatest thing about the Army is you build these relationships that don't just end when we take off the uniform. So, so after that, um, I deployed to Iraq in 2004 as the Task Force Scout Platoon Leader. And then uh, a couple months later, um, we had to transition. Uh, nothing stays the same in the Army. So I became a company executive officer. and. And again, you just you just continue to learn and, and work with your your sphere of people just grows from there. And you just learn to work in different environments with different people. So now I'm learning a lot of the logistics part of the companies, um, working with different entities, especially in Iraq, uh, working as a mayor cell, working with the Iraqis. You just learn how to how to build and foster relationships and um, I did that for, you know, until my tour ended in 2005, and then I, I got to become a uh, tank company commander with 281 Armor um, OSUT. So we transitioned to, in, in my career, one of those jobs that I've been very fortunate to have is to be around and mentor 
young soldiers. And you know, the, the drill sergeants are the top 10% of the NCO Corps. And so again, I get to evolve my leadership and their experience and their input, um, but also to hopefully influence them um, from the officer's uh, perspective and, and hopefully just just teach and mentor. So now I only had an XO, I didn't have any platoon leaders. So now my focus was mentoring senior NCOs from the officer's perspective. And we're very close. You get to talk about things that maybe, you know, people don't want to talk about at, at your level because senior NCOs, E7s are talking to first sergeants and their platoon leader. They may not interact with the company commander as much. So now they have a company commander, a captain, that can talk to E6s and E7s every day because you're executing the mission and you're responsible for 220 new people that are trying to become soldiers. And you get to, again, it's just a back and forth dialogue and maintaining communication. And like I said, I love people and you surround people that you love to work with too. And that's a big part of it is uh, as you continue to progress in your career, you can pull people with you that you know or have faith in and understand what you're trying to do and want to be a part of it and be positive. There's no reason why we have to be negative about things. We're, we're not in, like for instance, for us, we are not right now in combat. We don't have that as a stressor, so we have opportunities to just continue to be positive and learn. We're in a learning environment. That we, We're not a zero-sum, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. You just have to, you know, as long as it's not immoral, unethical, or unlawful, do something, take a risk in training that, you know, that you're not afraid to make mistakes, and that's all. And we can learn and then move on, all right? So that's... And now I'm here as the as the DCO. I mean, I've had other jobs. Uh, company command for for an officer is one of the pinnacles. And then I have yet to done but do battalion command. So I'm looking forward for that opportunity. But um, being the second in command is is one of those jobs where you know I put myself in a position where I want the commander to look good, but I don't want him to do anything because I want him to spend as much time walking around, talking to soldiers, and not worry about the staff, not worry about our products. He can lead and focus on leading and let me do all the behind-the-scenes work. So, so that's where we're at. So that makes perfect sense. And then even thinking about the yearly training brief we just done and everything you said. So as we close up with the message, and we was in these briefings for the last three to four days, long hours. So which, what message would you like for soldiers to know about FY23 that you want them to really know and and take ownership of. So we have we've created a big plate for us. It's it's a lot and we do that because we don't want soldiers sitting around the battle assembly hall doing nothing. That doesn't benefit anybody and you know especially at the brigade level it can be challenging at times for junior soldiers and officers to get kind of left behind and not doing tasks because at the brigade level you're mostly captains, majors, senior NCOs focused on taking care of the work products that we need to do to make the brigade successful and it can be a challenge to make sure that those junior NCOs, soldiers and officers are, are engaged and they want to continue their career because it may not happen. So. 
for this year, we have a lot of training planned, and that's the way it should be. We should show up and collect our rucksacks, our Kevlars, and go out to the training environment and just work on individual, collective, and, you know, those tasks to make us better because we know what we need to do, and it's our job at the brigade level to make sure that the, the staff is integrated and the training replicates all of our tasks that we want to accomplish. So it's a big responsibility. It's a lot of, lot of things to do, but nobody wants to be sitting around. Nobody will be sitting around and be bored, I can tell you that. Yes, sir, and that's actually really exciting. Um, so you've been a few months into your, your deputy command tenure. So once your tenure is over, what do you want your legacy to be at 166 uh, Regional Support Group? What do you want to leave it as? What do you want soldiers, so that if somebody mentioned your name, what do you want them to remember? Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, competency. You know, competency builds confidence and confidence builds trust. And I'm hoping that when soldiers can continue their career, even past um, the 166, that if they ever see me out in another unit, that they'll be wanting to join that unit. It's like, I remember Colonel Young, and one that I respected them as individuals, I respected them as a soldier, and that they want to be a part of what I created here, because hopefully at the end of the day, we're a successful unit, and you hear people talk about leaving the unit better than when you got there, and it just is absolutely true. So I want to foster a positive environment. I want to make sure that soldiers are taken care of. I want to make sure training's realistic, and there's no wasted time, and everybody wants to continue their career. That's what I hope. Yes, sir. Well, I'm in the foxhole with you, and I really want to take this time out to tell you I appreciate you for stopping by. Um, sharing your knowledge, your background, because honestly, during a BA weekend, most soldiers will never get a chance to sit down with you for this long a period. Even to get to know your military history, uh, about your dad, the legacy, you know, continuing to build. But most importantly, we're grateful that you just took the time out just to spend time with us. And it's, it means more than that you could ever know. So thank you, sir. Well, thank you. That's why I volunteer for this. I love talking about the Army. I love talking about this.